All right, got the video rolling, podcast rolling. How's everybody doing? This is Americana, the American way. I am Big John. Hopefully, I don't have a coughing fit, choking on my own phlegm and snot in this video like the last one. <laughs> it wasn't that lovely. So, remember to uh, smash the like or the rumble or whatever button it is on whatever platform you're on. Share this video and podcast with your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your dogs, your cats, your chickens, whatever. And find me on social media, on Getter, and Twitter at the real underscore Big John, on Parlor, the real Big John, all one word, and on all the podcast and rumble.com apps americana the american way so something that was an american way of life for the majority of my lifetime has been playboy magazine and hugh hefner was seen as the ultimate ladies man uh had he lit had he been i don't know what his final days were like don't care but had he lived a few more months i do believe and there's a documentary going on on the a and e network right now called secrets of playboy and the women on there believe that he would have been, Hef would have been me tooed, as it's called. And he would have been on trial right along with Harvey Weinstein, Jeffrey Epstein, uh, and a slew of other women abusers. Uh, I did some catching up on the latest episodes. I missed the last two when they aired live but you know hey thanks to on demand i was able to catch up and uh I, man i sat i sit and i take notes you know and i uh jump backwards 10 seconds you know and so i can catch things that i miss when i want to quote someone but i end up with like i always think i'm just gonna jot down a couple things just a couple things but there are so many good points i ended up with one, two, three, four, five and a quarter page of notes because, and then episode six is only like three quarters of a page of notes. But, I, you know, whenever I think there's just nothing that can shock me anymore with the disgrace and the disgust of this guy who I was taught, I shouldn't say taught, but brainwashed. Uh, marketed through a great Playboy marketing campaign. Guys my age thought this dude was just so cool his whole life. He was just such a, uh, I wouldn't say a stud, but a uh, ladies' man, a gentleman. No, he's, he's uh, like, he's, he's, he was cuck before cuck was a thing. He was Jack Murphy before Jack Murphy was a Jack Murphy ass. Jack Murphy's nobody a peon. But it's fun to make fun of peons that think that they're the shiznit. 
And that's what Hef was, man. He was a squirrely, geeky little dude uh, that caught on to something. I mean, okay, look. When you put a pretty girl on the cover of a magazine, it's going to sell to guys. It's going to sell to some women, too. But uh, And then when you put naked women in the pages, <laughs> you're going to sell even more. And yeah, there there were times. I guess there were articles in Playboy. I have never, I never, honestly, never read a Playboy article in my life. But people tell me there were words on the pages. Uh, actually, uh, one time I did try to read. Uh, they, have, they always had a section called Playboy party jokes, and they were terrible jokes. Like I'm like, this is funny. Like, the coolest guy on earth, Hugh Hefner, finds this funny. So, this week's episode was called Circus. Or not this week's, two episodes ago. It was called Circus. It was all about the uh, sexual fetishes of Hef. And... Um, Sandra Theodore, who was his girlfriend, like the A girl, the number one, when he really took on the uh, idea, the role, or however, uh, that he was going to start public, very publicly, having multiple girlfriends, and there would be one A girl top girl the number one girl okay uh she referred to hef's uh fetishes as uh as he was a monster the things he got turned on by sandra theodore starts out the episode trying to get the word out to, for young girls to be careful. Be careful what they give away. Be careful what you give away is what she's trying to tell young girls. Sandra Theodore was a high school Bible school teach, uh, teacher. When she was a high school student, she was teaching Sunday school, basically. Okay? And she got invited to uh, party or parties at the Playboy Mansion by a friend of hers. When she was 19, a 50-year-old Hugh Hefner told a very pretty... She didn't think she was pretty, but I've seen pictures. Sandra Theodore was a very pretty young lady. She's a very beautiful older woman now. Beautiful inside and out, might I add. Looks like your grandmother. But she was so scarred by half. Uh, she says that she didn't think that any man would want to marry her after what she experienced emotionally and sexually at the Playboy Mansion. So, let me get to this point. 
50-year-old Hugh Hefner said to 19-year-old Sandra at a party, I've looked at the whole party and you're the one I want to spend the evening with. She says that she had never been to bed with a man yet to that point. Um, Hef said things to her like, you're the first girl I've wanted to have kids with, even though he already had a wife and kids that she didn't know about. Um, Sandra was the first girlfriend after Barbie Benton kicked Hef to the curb. And this is when Hef decided he was going to start having multiple girlfriends at a time. Okay? Uh, Barbie says things in the show and has said in the past that, you know, she doesn't agree with Hef, that, you know, women can't fool around and, it, and still be in a relationship. But Hef came from a time when men were allowed to fool around and the woman just had to be with that man. Another key to this whole creeper relationship with Hef is on like Tuesdays and Thursdays, he would go off with his other girlfriend or girlfriends and he hired a 19-year-old secretary to, to buddy up with, pal around with, and spy on Sandra because Sandra was allowed to leave the mansion and go to town or go do errands or do whatever she wanted to do on Tuesdays and Thursdays while Hef was with his other girlfriends. Um, Hefner says that he felt sexually repressed. Um, Saunders says he wanted to create a lifestyle for himself that the rest of the world Let me get her quote right. He wanted to create a lifestyle for himself that would be ex accepted by the rest of the world. So he was all about forcing his sexual lifestyle, his playboy lifestyle, a sexual revolution, he called it, orgies, as Sandra calls them and everybody else would call them. He wanted this lifestyle that he thought should be the ultimate male playboy lifestyle of a skinny, repressed, sexually repressed, rejected by women guy who then built himself up into a super powerful, super rich guy who could get anything he wanted out of anybody by hook or by crook. But he wanted to take and create this image through the Playboy magazine, live the, quote, Playboy life, and force the rest of the world to accept that and change the world. True little man syndrome, if you ask me. There's P.J. Matson, Mastin, pardon me, M-A-S-T-E-N. P.J. Mastin, uh, she was a what's known as a house mother, to the 
to the bunnies at the Playboy Club. She said that Sandra had to recruit young, fresh bunnies for orgies with Hef. One to her, uh, one of these bunnies told her, you wouldn't believe. Hold on, I feel a sneeze coming. I got Omicron. Okay, it went away. Uh, one of these bunnies told her, you won't believe what went on up there. After uh, Sandra recruited this girl to the Playboy Mansion, he said, you wouldn't believe what went on there. Uh, there were drug-fueled orgies. Uh, Hef would film the orgies, and he would have two big movie screens where it was being projected as he was filming the orgy with himself in it. And sometimes he would rewind it on one of the screens to watch himself have sex. Ooh, creeper. Um, and he, as the girls would come up to the, the master bedroom, he would say, welcome to the family. And that would you know, give the girls a sense of family, a sense of belonging, something some of them needed, but once they went through this despicable, disgusting display, they never went back. So, Hef didn't always participate. Uh, sometimes he liked to, you know, direct the sex, uh, sit back and be a voyeur or a watcher. Right? Voyeur is watcher. Uh, he had fetish toys hidden in the head of the bed. And there was a butler who's on this in this uh, documentary series, Secrets of Playboy on A&E, that he said it was his job to go up with rubber gloves, pick the dildos and the toys and the whips and whatever up, and put them in a bucket for the maids to uh, steam clean and sanitize after the orgies were over. Gross. Um, sometimes have participated. Sometimes he had hired porn stars to have sex with the girls. Uh, one of these, after one of these sexual experiences, and the girls would leave and not come back. That's how perverted this was. Uh, and sadly, a lot of the things that I, that he were perversions and way off the deep end. And uh, this was the would have been the early '80s when he started this kind of shit. It's almost become not normal, but uh, it, it's become a, 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 a fetish that's popularized by more people. Uh, now it's called cuckold or cuckolding. Uh, there's a, a, a douchebag that I like to make fun of named Jack Murphy at Jack Murphy Live. If you want to make fun of him on Twitter at Jack Murphy Live. Uh, and heartfelt, 
uh, he used to do cuck and other gross things. He wrote an article or two about it. And, uh, but Hef was like a pioneer in this, having his girlfriend, you know, have sex with other dudes while he watched, having her participate in orgies with other girls and porn stars while he watched. Disgusting. Let me tell you something. A real man has one woman. At a time. You get into a relationship. You go on a few dates. If. The mood. The mode is. The moment is right. You make love. An even bigger man. Waits until he's married. You can date. But you get one woman. You date her. If it don't work out. You move along to the next girl, but you don't cheat. You don't have multiple girlfriends. You don't spread sexually transmitted diseases. And you definitely do not have what have called pig night. This has been mentioned before in the documentary, but uh, it's probably mentioned again too. But this was one of the wild nights at the Playboy Mansion where the pimps would go out and bring in the best girls from Sunset Strip. Hef and his uh, male celebrity friends would have a big dinner with the girls. And the guys and the girls would pair off. Uh, the girls would be inspected by a doctor. The ones that passed inspection were then funneled into the orgies and different bedrooms for the guys. This is disgusting. And some of these guys are still out there they need to be named i don't know the statute of limitations on this stuff as far as criminal activity probably has expired again it would have been 40 years ago like i said in the early 80s uh, and it went on for years after that but uh this started in the, the 80s cocaine fueled drug fueled wild orgies some of this taking place at the chicago mansion and um i think from watching this series the chicago police were not as willing to put up with hef's shit as the Los Angeles police. Uh, and it got to a point where he had dirt on the LAPD because he would hire officers to be the uh, security at his parties. And he would get blackmail information on them. Well, you were there when this happened. You know, oh, we have pictures of you with these girls. Come on. You can't arrest me. Anyhow. Uh, one of the weird things they would do, and I don't understand what this even means or, or what, why this is some kind of fetish, but there would be a girl that would come in. She, would, she was called the bleeder, 
and she would draw blood from the guys and then after she took their blood like I mean just like you're getting blood work at the hospital she would then perform fellatio on them and I'm not even sure what fellatio is google it because I don't want to uh, one of the guys that especially loved this was John Belushi. John, John Belushi, man, awesome, phenomenal actor, but man, the dude just lived a hell of a wild life and died young. Um, wow. One of the other ladies uh, that uh, lived through this Name's Jennifer uh, Saginor, S-A-G-I-N-O-R. Jennifer Saginor said, you know, the more stimulation Heffen the guys got, the more stimulation they needed. Uh, this kind of sexual activity stimulates the same part of your brain as heroin. And it's like that high. You get that first high. And then the rest of your addiction is spent trying to get back to that point. So you get high, you get high. Then that, that stimulation isn't enough. So you need a bigger stimulation. So the orgies aren't enough. So then you got to bring in toys. Then you have to bring in porn stars. And it just gets worse and worse. The, it's an addiction. Strange, strange, strange. So now we come to bestiality. Having sex with animals. Now when they brought this up, I said, nah. It just in like two seconds, I said, nah, 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 nah. There's no way. Uh-uh. Then they cut to a clip where Hef said on TV that he's not opposed to it if that's what some people like. So, then you come to Linda Lovelace. She was the biggest adult movie star of that time. Uh, she just made the movie Deep Throat, which was... Um, hold on. To that point, it was the, uh, the biggest porno ever made. It was like... The first high-budget porno, I guess. I don't know. I've never seen it. Don't plan on seeing it. Not saying that I haven't watched porn. Not saying I haven't looked at Playboy. Just saying, ew, yuck. All right? I'm not watching Deep Throat. Someone else can watch it and review it for me. Tell me what it's about. I don't know. Anyway, she was a big porn star. Hef would bring her to the mansion to participate in sexual activities. Uh, she was an abused drug addict. Uh, she was brought to the mansion high at one time. And while she was high as a kite out of her mind on coke and who knows what else, she was made to have oral sex with a German shepherd while Hef and the other guys watched. I don't know whether to 
feel bad for the German Shepherd or not? I'm sure he probably liked it. But what kind of man, what kind of human being watches another human have sex with an animal? You're certainly not getting into heaven if you do that. You might. Anyone can be forgiven. We'll get to that later. So, uh, there was this guy, John Dante. People say Hef wanted to have sex with him, and he was always, Hef was always inviting this John Dante to participate in the orgies. Maybe Hef wanted to try a little experimenting. There's nothing wrong with being gay. But when you're saying, ooh, I'm the ultimate ladies' man, I'm the playboy lifestyle, was he going to, uh, was Hef going to try to say, well, the ultimate man's man, the ultimate playboy, sometimes experiments with other men? The world will never know because John Dante turned him down over and over. Uh,. This this gets this is difficult. Uh, Miss Sandra Theodore talked about, you know, how she how Hef would make her have sex with other dudes while she was watch or while he was watching. Uh, sometimes these were porn stars and they were guys that would hurt her. Maybe they were, um, you know, big guys. We'll just say. Um, I, I just wrote a little scribbled over here. This is effed up. Every time I think, okay, I'm done taking notes. I'm just going to watch and do my little review and recap. Something more sinister and disgusting comes up that I have to, like, make a bullet point of. I'm like, man, I got to talk about that. That's disgust. That's what I got to, like, Wow. Um, she then got what's called an I, uh, this Sandra Heff's number one girlfriend at the time. Poor kid. And she was only 19, and by the time she turned 25, she was, like, mentally broken. Uh, she admits it. But she got what was called an IUD implant because she got tired of taking the birth control pill. Well, these implants were in their early phases, and they still have some complications. But one day she was just, it caused her vagina to bleed, and she's like in this bathroom bleeding everywhere. And half is like totally, a, like didn't care. Like, I don't, I don't know what your medical problem is, but go to the hospital and get it fixed or something like that. I mean, this poor thing put herself through so much because she thought Hef was the first guy this older rich influential man is in love with me and, and I have to do this it's you know you can say what you want to say but if you're not a psychiatrist and you don't ha understand how the mind works keep your opinion to yourself um, people with low self-esteem or different mental disorders can really be brainwashed and brought into uh, some some pre precarious situations by 
devious, manipulative people like Hef, okay? So we go to Hugh Hefner in another video clip. He compared himself to a kid who is forced to live in a candy store. And he says, I'm paraphrasing, after a while, the kid starts thinking of things other than candy. So I guess, you know, he was, he forced himself, he forced himself into this extreme lifestyle of woman after woman. Well, then he had to fuel the addiction. I just wrote, what the F is he talking about? So maybe like women weren't enough. So then he had to bring in toys. Toys weren't enough. So he had to bring in multiple women. Then it was multiple women with toys. Then it was other men having sex with his girlfriends while he watched. And it just cycled in higher and higher and sicker and sicker. I don't, I don't know what in the blue hell. And there are other people that think that this guy was great and think that this is the way that you should live your life. So uh, there's there's a lady, Lisa Loving Barrett. Um, and I think Loving was like uh, her maiden name. It's not like some nickname or something. Lisa Loving Barrett. She, she talks about Hef being a self-centered, manipulative person who had to take advantage of a 19-year-old Sandra. He could not have had, she says, he could not have these relationships with grown-ass women. Women his own age would not have put up with this from him, according to Lisa Loving. And I think she's right. Uh, you know, there's a, a movie called Dead Presidents where... Uh, it, it's very fictional, but they're in Vietnam, and one of the soldiers is telling one of his friends uh, that the reason why they recruit 18-year-olds to be in the military is not, not just because they're in the best shape physically, but they are in the worst shape mentally. So it's easier to break down a, an 18-year-old who's not 18, or in this girl's case, 19, a teenager, and break them down and then build them back up and say, see, I love you. Oh, I've surveyed the whole room. And you're the only one I want to spend the evening with. Hmm. Couldn't have pulled that on a grown-ass woman for very long, according to Miss Lisa Loving Barrett. And I would have to say, most mature 50-year-old women would not have been 50 years old in a day uh, into this relationship with half and being told, okay, go... Recruit me that girl and that girl and that girl. And here's your list for tonight of the other girls to bring back to the orgy. Wouldn't have happened with 
a grown ass woman. But for five or six years, he was able to manipulate this Sandra uh, to do these things for him. Sick. There's an interview with Hef and Bryant Gumbo. Uh, and for some reason, I think I remember seeing this as a kid. But uh, Hef said, uh, Bryant said, you know, in in history, who would you like to sit down to dinner with? And you know, have says something. Well, I, I don't know if I'll sit down to dinner, but I'd like to talk. I'd like to talk to Christ and find out what that was all about. He liked to sit down with the say half uh, and he, Hugh Hefner, an atheist, would like to sit down with the Savior. And find out what that was all about. Bryant said, Bryant Gumble, a very highly respected journalist, I like Bryant, I'm not picking on him. Bryant Gumble asked Heft, Do you think he would like your act? And Heft responded yes it would be a little confusing to him but I think so and half paused and said something else uh, he was probably very similar really you think the one perfect in uh, sin free the only sin free human to walk the face of the earth was somehow similar to you you scumbag piece of monkey all right, that half committed blasphemy there, and I almost did too. Okay, let me restart this. Yes, it might be a little confusing to him, but I think so. He was very similar. He forgave the whores. That is true. Let me preach a minute, and then we'll wrap this up. Jesus died for our sins. That's what I believe. I believe he was the, the, the living, breathing, Son of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit in one bo human body who sacrificed himself so that I could get into heaven. The thing of it is, you can make mistakes. You're supposed to You're supposed to, in, in the Christian life, turn from the world, turn from your sins, and try to be Christ-like, sin-free, which is impossible, but you're forgiven. It's not, okay, Jesus died for my sins, I'm going to go be a wild man, a wild woman, a wild child, a wild animal, and it'll all be forgiven in the end. You have to follow some rules in the Bible. You have to try, try as you might, after you've accepted Christ, after you've been baptized, you have to try. Jesus did forgive the whores, 
and they went along they went on to be good upstanding people he forgave male sinners female sinners and they turned their turned from their wicked ways and followed in his footsteps Hef was not that kind of person and I'm sorry Hef you're probably not in heaven right now and you're certainly not watching this video but the people who think that the Hef lifestyle is so splendid that ain't how it works Puddin it's not go out and be a heathen in hedonism and say oh well I'm forgiven man you gotta struggle you gotta fight that urge to sin I do it man I'm trying so hard to turn my life around and be a better person right now and, and I'm, I'm my own worst critic and you can't can't be the person that goes out and sins and sins and raises all heck and I mean this dude was just effed up this half was just a sick sick little man sad um, episode 6 this was uh, the next episode so the sexual fetishes I've covered all that it's disgusting a manipulative fellow with little man syndrome manipulating people that uh, would have normally rejected him but he built himself up to where he could have any pretty girl in the world through manipulation and power okay done with that episode six the corporate game uh, this is episode featured a lot of PJ Maston. I didn't have a lot of notes on it, but this uh, PJ Maston really worked her way up through the ranks at Playboy and became an executive. Basically, Playboy, in my opinion, they gave women promotions. But the whole point of this episode was they did not promote women's rights like they said they did. Uh, it was nothing if you're working at Playboy headquarters to have a male co-worker walk up to you at a copier machine and grab a handful of your butt. And that was considered acceptable at the Playboy corporate headquarters because hey it's Playboy we're Playboys we're pigs so uh, this episode the pinnacle was the death of Dorothy Stratton very beautiful young woman uh, Hef saw dollar signs with her We'll turn this news background music down a bit. Dorothy Stratton came along. Uh, bless her little heart, she was murdered. Um, I believe it was P.J. Maston who wrote this memo and gave it to the 
higher-ups at Playboy who ignored it. Uh, Dorothy Stratton, gorgeous young woman, died too young in the 80s. Uh, she was in a dangerous relationship with a man who was arrested for uh, de dealing dope uh, and pimping while in Canada. Uh, Playboy would send the girls out on these autograph sessions, and the ladies would, you know, be so excited that, wow, people want to meet us, people want our autographs. I know I did it when I went to, uh, they used to have Hot Rod Super Nationals near where I live, and it was a big car show, and they would always have a Playboy Playmate, and, you know, she'd be there signing free autographs and posing for pictures, um, and I always, would always, you know, where's the Playmate? And she was fully clothed, maybe, yeah, she was always fully clothed, cute, nice attire, but clothed. Um, get her autograph, get a picture with her, you know, teenage boy stuff. Um, but, you know, that's what Playboy would do with these girls. All to promote the Playboy brand, of course, not to help the women in any way. But Dorothy Stratton was going to be a, a cut above the rest. She was going to be somebody that made big bucks for Hef. He could put her on the cover of any of the magazine anytime and he knew it would sell she was that beautiful but she was in this dangerous relationship with a scumbag uh, Paul Snyder um, Stratton had the potential to be a big star Hef saw her as a meal ticket according to PJ Maston uh, April 1979 she was uh, Miss April. The next year, 1980, she was Playmate of the Year. Uh, this Snyder, son of a gun, uh, tortured, raped, and shot her in the face with a shotgun. Now, you, you can't say this was Hef's fault, but a man of his power, who by this time had police in his pocket, and had bodyguards and a cleanup crew to clean up uh, Playboy and Playmate problems. He couldn't have. He couldn't protect his meal ticket from a, a, a dastardly son of a bitch. This Paul Snyder, who's probably in hell with Hef right now. Uh, again, tortured, raped, and shot her in the face. Uh, and then PJ Maston, it was her job, and this poor woman is so distraught over the things that she did for Playboy when she was employed there. And I know people are going to have opinions on her, just like I have opinions on half, but Dorothy or pardon me, PJ Maston is trying to make right her wrongs. And it was her job to tell the playmates that they had to stay silent about the death and murder and rape and torture of Dorothy Stratton. 
you know, we, we hear these things in the, the media today, and they talk about warning signs. If you see these warning signs, please report them. Please get help. Uh, get your friends help. And these girls were told, hey, look, you're a Playboy Playmate. Your job is to promote the Playboy brand and protect the brand. Don't tell anybody anything you ever saw, heard uh, about Dorothy Stratton and this scumbag Paul Snyder who m murdered her. And here we are almost 40 years-ish, 40 years or so around about after these things took place and it's finally coming out. Justice will never be served in these people's lives, but at least the women who were taken advantage of, the ones that lived through it, have an outlet now. Um, some of these men, if they're still alive, should somehow be brought to some sort of justice. I don't know if it's possible in our legal system. Uh, I'm not 100 on all the laws and rules and uh, the various states where these things happened. Uh, but I know the Chicago PD and the FBI uh, were really on Hef's tail. Uh, and I think that's why you know, he moved his headquarters to Los Angeles. Uh, to get away from the heat of the... Well, I, the Playboy headquarters might have always been in Chicago, but uh, moved the mansion, which, yeah, essentially, yeah, it did move the headquarters to L.A. Um, I think it was to get away from the heat in Chicago. And who knows, when the Me Too movement happened a couple months after Hef's death, if he were still alive and healthy... Uh, or still alive period he might well have been taken down in by the Me Too movement and prosecuted for some of these things um, certainly he played no role in the death of Dorothy Stratton directly um, it's just a tragic side note to the Playboy magazine and the Playboy uh, lifestyle the Playboy Legacy, if there is one, uh, is certainly triumph of marketing, triumph of business, but tragedy on a human note. Uh, and that's what this A&E documentary series is showing us. It's what is it's exposing to our our eyes and our minds now. So, anyways, that's my recap and analysis of uh, the latest two installments of Secrets of Playboy on the a &E Network. If you can, and if you can stomach it, watch it on demand. It is very interesting. Sadly, uh, we need to remember these women in our prayers. We need to remember the guys, too. There were men that were involved in this and they were you know emotionally and 
uh, scarred as well. Some of the men that worked at the mansion when these wild things were taking place. Um, so, God bless them all, you know. So, thank y'all for listening, watching. God bless you. Pray for one another. And we'll see you the next time around on Americana, the American Way with Big John. <laughs>